Let's uh, give the Lord a round of applause in advance as we prepare to receive his word this morning. Uh, Pastor Jamal is not here, but we do have a word from the Lord in the house. Amen. Uh, Pastor Rosalinda is uh, not a stranger to us. Uh, she is a friend and she does not need a ton of introduction uh, because the Lord goes before her and she is capable of introducing herself. Trust me. And so let's, uh, let's stretch our hands towards Pastor Rosalinda and let's pray as she brings the, Lord, the word of the Lord. Father, we say thank you for Pastor Rosalinda. We say thank you that our words are seasoned with grace and truth. We say thank you that those words are seasoned with power. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's give a warm CCCLI round of applause to Pastor Rosalinda. Hey, come on, let's give the Lord the praise. He is worthy of our praise. He's worthy of our praise. We glorify you, God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. I can feel the presence of the Lord in this place today. But I'm going to tell you that just moments before coming here, I was in the hotel and and just in a little time, I left my crew and I, I just said, let me just separate for a minute. And I am just there. And I mean, tears are coming down. And, you know, I'm not a big crier, but when the Holy Spirit is getting ready to do something, amen. And, that, and that's what today, that's what's going to happen today. I just want to tell you, I just felt the presence of the Lord, you know, in that place. And I just want to tell you, as I walk in here, you could feel the presence of the Lord. Amen. Those of you that are, you're joining, you are joining an amazing church and a good family. You know, I believe that God does not want us to do life alone. Amen. We don't have to. You know, we work, we have our family, but, you know, maybe in some of you that are married, amen, you're, you're blessed with a spouse, but sometimes you just need some family. You need a sister in the Lord or you need a brother in the Lord. And that's what you guys are. And I do feel like family. You know, my dad always says this, you know, at our church, we just say, you know, the first time you come, you're guests. Second time, you're like a third cousin. But by the time you come, as many times as I come, I'm family. Amen. So um, we don't have lunch plans. We're just going to follow one of y'all home, okay? So where I see the big caravan, we're just going to make our way over there, amen? But I just give thanks to Pastor A.R. and his wife, Pastor Karen, um, Pastor Jamal, and I know First Lady's running around here somewhere, Pastor Rita. You know, they're my friends. You know that moment when you go, I need to talk to somebody, and I don't know who I can talk to, but I know I could text them at any hour. I don't even have to explain it. You know that kind of friend? You just send that text, and you're like, can you just pray for me? Amen. And they've been that friend for me, and I know that you're a part of that family. So we love you. I bring greetings from my husband. One of these days, he's going to make it up here. Amen. And um, we're just going to have a good time with you. We're going to do it when it's not so cold, though, so um, that way we can go to Manhattan and um, we actually have a ministry in the Bronx, too, and, and they're all sick with the flu. So they said, you know, it's better not that you come over there. And so we we're like, praise the Lord. We're going to go to Manhattan and enjoy an extra day for the glory of the Lord. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Well, I'm excited to be here with you guys. Um, since I was here last, the Lord um, did something great. And that's what we're going to be talking today is about greater things. And, you know, I always had a desire in my heart to write a book but I was so busy running the ministry, being a mom, being a wife, doing everything else, and uh, serving my parents um, also in ministry. And um, finally, it was just kind of like this 2020 vision moment. 
And I was like, it's just time. You just got to stop, right? Stop and get it done, what God's been telling you. And so I praise God, in 36 months, I was able to write three books. And my third one just came out. Once you get started, if you want to write a book, you're not going to be able to stop. And um, this one is called The Seductive Slayers of Success. And just like uh, Eve in the garden got seduced by the apple, we are constantly being seduced by distractions. And so it's a funny book. If you know anything about me, I like to crack jokes. So it is up in your face for sure. You know, that's the only way I roll. Um, and, uh, but it's really, you know, it hits some topics that I think we all need. I promised that I was not going to get another pink cover. I was like, I don't want another pink cover. You know, I want one that everybody can read. So I will tell you, a lot of guys just rip the cover off and they read it because it's, it's for them too. Um, but it's little things like, you know, we want to achieve things in life. And, and this is like, stop hitting the snooze button. Stop fronting your finances. Um, I have a chapter called Stop Dipping and Dabbing because you clubbing on Friday and praising it on Sunday and wondering why the move of God is not happening. So anyways, it's a lot of fun. I have it here today. Amen. You got to understand, you know, my father was a gangster in New York. He was a warlord of Brooklyn's largest gang. So I only know how to shoot straight. Amen. Um, and I will tell you this before I get started. I know um, I saw Horace here today. And Bernice, is Bernice here, the one that was in this beautiful video? Or is she at the other campus? If she can hear me, I needed you last night. So we were in a hotel, and I, my, my girlfriend's there, and we're sitting at the table. I don't know what got into this man. He was drunk or something, but he came, like, to our table and just started, like, you know, like, yelling. He lost it. I don't know what his problem was. And I have my bodyguard. I don't play. She's about 4 foot 11. Stand up, Shelby. <laughs> uh, I have my, my assistant, Evelina's here. You can stand up here. And... Um, I mean, my heart was like pulsating, and I run a program with ex-convicts, you know, like straight out of prison. I'm normally not thrown, but I mean, my heart was jumping, you know, and so Shelby's ready to take him out, you know, and all I can think about is if Pastor Jamal knew this, his whole security team would be here because you guys have the best security team in any church I've ever met. Amen. Amen. Well, you know, you have been standing up and sitting down so many times. I'm going to have you do it again. But don't worry. When you eat that brownie, you will thank me. But let's stand up for the reading of the word. Amen. It's found in John 14, 12. I know this is a word for you this morning. I pray you receive it in the name of Jesus. John 14, 12 says, most assuredly, this is Jesus talking. I say to you, he who believes in me. The works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these he will do because I go to the Father. Amen. Why don't you high five somebody and tell them Jesus is talking to you. You know, I know, and you may be seated. You may be seated. Hey, I know that every church in America, I mean, we just took that 2020, we're going to talk about vision. So unless you are living under a rock, you know that this is all about you better have your life together. And so 2020 vision is about having clarity in our family, having clarity in our business, in our career, uh, and, and in our walk with the Lord. Amen. And so some of you single people, it's about having clarity on who your person is going to be. Amen. Need a lot of clarity there. Uh, and in the verse that we just read, Jesus says this. He says, I've done great works, but you will do greater. I mean, Jesus did some amazing things, but he's telling us in this verse, I've done all of that, 
but I need you to follow in my footsteps. You will do greater things. You see, it's a God-sized promise and a pre-qualifier that just says, just wait. I've got a bigger purpose and a bigger plan for your life. Amen? That's what Jesus is saying. So how many of you are believing for greater things starting in 2020? Amen? You know, the crazy thing is, is that we're already in February. Valentine's Day is around the corner. If you have that special loved one, you better write that down and buy them a gift. I'm helping you out. Do not forget that. But we can, can you believe that we are already this far in February? And so the problem is that we hear vision, vision, vision. And some of us are still on the starting block, you know, or some of us have been facing a year that you didn't expect. You were at that New Year's Eve event. You're like, 2020 is going to be different. And all of a sudden, it's like things start going wrong. And sometimes we don't take off as fast as we think that we could. You know, this year was a little tough year for our family. We heard some news, unfortunately, my, my husband's brother that we had been praying for for so long, believing God that we would find him. He was missing for a while. He actually had passed away four years ago, and we're just now finding and having the funeral next week. It's not how we anticipated 2020 to start off. But how many of you know that God still says, in the midst of those trials, greater things will come? Amen. Amen. And so I just want to tell you, if you're in that place today and you say, it's not quite how I thought my year would start, I just want to tell you greater things are coming. Amen? Amen. You know, for me, I got to be honest with you that sometimes God has this plan, and for me, it's distraction. How many of you guys have ever dealt with distraction? How about impatience? You know, how many of you know you can jump ahead of God? And God's watching you. He's up there watching us. But sometimes we step ahead of God. And instead of leaping into the vision or the provision or the greater things assignment that God has for you, you are distracted. You know, how many of you can agree that there are some opportunities that look right, they feel right, but they're not right? You know, they look, it just sounds good. It tickles our ear. Maybe that is what God has for me. And we get caught up in so many things that God never intended us to do. And so what happens is this, is that distractions become a diversion to God's plan for your life. And so we got to wake up to those distractions. You know, we can agree on one thing today is that it's easy to become distracted and impatient. How many of you have children? right? They can't wait for anything. Mommy, when? Mommy, when? Hey, mom. Now they have a phone. They just blow up our phone with text messages. You know, I have to block my kids sometimes. <laughs> then I feel guilty. And I'm like, it could be an emergency. So I unblock it, right? But how many of you know, as an adult, we also get distracted and impatient. You know, God may have sent somebody to prophesy on your life and you're going, Lord, but it hasn't happened yet. And you're wondering what's going on. And sometimes we feel like God may be has abandoned us. I mean, I'll bet right now some of you are listening. You're, you're not even listening because you're distracted. You're thinking about where you're going out to eat. So make sure you get extra three, three seats. We're going to go with you. <laughs> but you know, God has an amazing thing for you. But what happens is we're like, no, I, I can't wait for that. So I'm going to jump in this. And we try to convince God that this is really his plan. You know, here's the thing is, it's easy to be distracted and miss God's best. We settle for good when God has great. How many of you want the great things that God has for you? Amen. 
You know, I don't know if you remember your first crush, but I remember mine. He was tall, dark, and handsome. And, you know, there was a little age gap. He was about six and I was about five. He was about three and a half feet tall, you know, but he wrote me a letter and it said, check here. I love you. Check here for yes, if you love me back or no, you know. And wouldn't you wish things would be that simple in a relationship? Well, I got a little older, and then I'm in middle school, and then, you know, there was this German guy, and I don't know, it was his accent or something attracted me, but I'm like, he's German, I'm Puerto Rican, that is war. That is not going to work. And so after graduation, I remember meeting this Italian guy, and I tried to convince myself that this was God's best plan. How many of you know that just because you're a Christian, and maybe he says he's a Christian, you know, that that doesn't mean that that's the right connection for you? And so instead, instead of it being that love moment, I stood in a relationship that almost destroyed me and it became miserable. You know, when they say, I mean, he was fine. I mean, he was good looking, you know, um, that's the one thing I tell people, you know, if you, you, you're going to like them, you, you have to roll over and look at them one day. So, you know, make sure you like them, make sure you're attracted. Ain't nothing wrong with that. Uh, but here's the thing. Here is the thing is that love is, you know, they say love's blind. It's dumb, too. I wish that somebody told me that, you know? So it was a long stretch of misery, and it actually distracted me from the calling that I had on my life. Sometimes we're like, oh, you know, God's taking time. God's taking time. Sometimes we take time away from God. And in that moment, I was being distracted in the wrong situation. Amen? You know, what happened is that our impatience, my impatience, on God's perfect plan led me through a season of misery, hardship, and unhappiness. You know, we talk ourselves into things that God has no intention for our life. It's temporary happiness. In fact, my pursuit of temporary happiness became a distraction that kept me separated from God because it's all about how we feel. I want you to tell your neighbor, stop being impatient. Now, I hope I didn't create any issues there, but we have plenty of counselors here, I'm sure. But, you know, sometimes we believe what God has right in front of us in the now season is God's best, but that's not always true. You know, I want to tell somebody this morning to stop limiting God. God is up in heaven, and I believe sometimes he looks at us and he's just sitting there with his arms crossed. He goes, why are you chasing that? Why do you think that's your best? Why would you think that this opportunity is the best opportunity I have for you? And sometimes we chase businesses, money. We're trying to pry windows open when God's going, I got this door wide open for you. And I want to tell you that we got to be conscious that our distractions are keeping us from God's divine purpose. So what did God mean when he said we would do greater things. You know, the Lord, I believe, we look at everything and we read the Bible all the time and we just think those will be the biggest things that ever happen. But I believe that if we'll wait upon the Lord for his direction, we will get to our divine destination. You see, here you go. I want you to know this. You see, good things come to those who wait. Better things come to those that are patient. But the best things come to those who trust in the Lord. Don't think, oh, well, he's telling me. I feel like I know it. This is going to be good. But if you will trust in the Lord, if he will be your temperature guide, then I will promise you, you will get to the right destination. You see, no matter what comes your way, God is not surprised. 
Today you might be sitting here and you go, but Pastor, Pastor Rosalinda, you don't know what I've dealt with. You don't know what I've been dealing with the last few years. And unexpected situations end up on our lap. I want to tell you that God is not surprised and he's bigger than any situation that can try to take you down. Amen? You see, situations don't come to just defeat you. They come to increase you. Amen? Amen. You know, this morning, I think about what did Jesus do? He fed the 5,000. He healed sick people, blind people. Jesus stood on the boat, put his hands out, and stopped the winds and the waves. He raised a guy from the dead. Then he raised himself from the dead. And then he says, you're going to do greater things? What does that really mean? How many times have we sat in church and we've heard that, but we don't really understand what Jesus was talking about? And I'll read that verse again. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also greater works than these he will do because I go to the Father. You see, the person who has true faith in Jesus is promised that they will do these great things. So are we going to do more extraordinary things than Jesus? Are we going to do more numerous things than Jesus? Are we going to do more widely spread things? If that's the case, then Christians indeed have done greater things. Because here's the thing. I just saw a video of your church. One of the things that CCC is known for around the world is how you impact community. Do you know you have that reputation? You see, we have reached millions of people for the Lord. We have brought people that were unsaved to Christ. We've sent aid. We have shifted education. How many of you know that we've done some great things? Amen. In Jesus' name. And you see, Jesus did his part, but he departed through death resurrection, and exaltation. And it was a prerequisite for the disciples to do their mission. But it also prepared us and positioned you to go do what God has called you to do. You know, Jesus spoke these words in John 16, 7. He said, nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It's to your advantage that I go away. It's to your advantage that I go away. Because if I don't go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. Do you know who the helper is today? Who is the helper? The helper is the Holy Spirit. And so when you walk into a situation, when you get the news of cancer, when your marriage is falling apart, when your children are not growing up the way you thought they would be, when you're still single and you thought you would be married, you need something more to help you go through that season. Sometimes there's situations that you are faced with that you don't have in your flesh. We don't have enough to get through that. But the Holy Spirit in us operates through us, amen, and guides us and gives you peace. And that is our checkpoint. Does the Holy Spirit flow with this decision that I'm getting ready to make? Amen. God has greater things in store, amen? amen? You know, Jesus had to die on the cross and go be with the Father in heaven so the Holy Spirit would come and equip us to do greater things. And when the Holy Spirit is operating in us, we're able to honor him. Amen? You know, this morning, I believe that God is positioning his people to do those greater things. Amen? I'm, I'm telling you, I grew up in the church all my life. 
I've been in church. I know the ushers and the leaders and the people that serve, and it's all great, but there's so many times that we get into the routine of church and we don't experience anymore the moving of the Holy Spirit. We've learned how to do music that creates atmosphere. We know how to bring in the best speakers. Church is now an event around America, and there's nothing wrong with that. Our church all the time, we're like, how do we create something excitement, exciting? But why is it that the prayer meetings are empty, but the concert days are full, amen? Why is it that getting alone with Jesus on our knees isn't enough to pack the house out? But then when you have a problem and something is falling apart, it's not going to be the event that breaks, the, the, what breaks down the situation, amen? It's going to be the moment privately when nobody saw you that you were weeping before the Lord, amen? And believing God for that breakthrough. I just want to tell you, we better teach this generation how to get on their knees, amen? I, I tell you, I had an aunt that moved into my house. And, you know, my mother, my, Jesus was not in our home growing up. A lot of drugs, the gang life, all that kind of stuff. All my first three cousins, most wanted list. I mean, just a wreck. But Jesus connected with my grandmother and then my aunt. And one day my mom said, your aunt is coming to stay with us. I was like, really? How long? What would that mean? What would that look like? And she said, well, in fact, she's moving into your room. I was like, praise you, Lord, you know. Um, she had me by a good, like, you know, 50 years. This is an older lady, you know, from a different generation. And I would come every day, and she had a little towel, and she would lay the towel out and get on her knees at 5.30 in the morning every day. And she did not, she was a Puerto Rican. She didn't even speak a word of English. And she was like, Santo, hallelujah, Señor, en el nombre de Jesús. I'm trying to lay down. My bus isn't coming for another hour. I am like, I cannot take this. But all the while that she was doing that, come on, some of y'all moms be praying like that too, I know. I was afraid to say I was sick because my, gra my grandma, they were Pentecostal, you don't even know. They had seven days a week. Have you seen those little Spanish churches like, you know, in, you know, in the Bronx? They have a speaker outside. They got three people inside. It's like, so, okay. I just want to make sure we're on the right, right page. That is my family, okay? And, you know, she would scream her prayers. But now, she lived till she was 94. Now, I thank God I was in that room. And the anointing and the Holy Spirit was on my life so many times that I could have been taken out with a car accident, with a relationship, with this, with that. And the Holy Spirit was going before me and staying after me. Amen. There's no security team like the move of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And so some of us need to thank God for those prayers that were prayed over us, amen? And when it looks impossible with your children, with your situation at home, with your life, whatever, your finances, just know it's those prayers that break the bondage, amen? That wasn't even in my notes, so now I've got to find my place, amen? You know, something has to switch on in our lives. It says, I will not stop praying till I hear from God. you got to get tough with the Lord. You know, when my marriage was going through a tough time, our first four years, I praise God we're celebrating this year 25 years of marriage, amen? But that first year, I was like, where do I get an annulment? How did, what did I just do? And today, he's a preacher of the gospel. He's an anointed man of God. He's my best friend. I just love him so much. But it was a hard time in that first year. And we were growing in the Lord. And I remember screaming and praying in the rain. And I would say, God, you do this because I can't anymore. 
And it's easy to point to the other person that they need to get their life together. In that season, I grew more than ever because I knew I had to serve my God whether he did or not. And we can be, I just want to throw that out there for any marriages. It's easy to have codependent relationships and your, your walk is dependent on them. You need to have your walk for yourself. Amen. Amen. And so, but we got to get to a point where we will pray until we hear God. And there's a story in the Bible of Mary and Martha, two sisters, great friends with Jesus. They had a relationship. Brother gets sick. They send a note to Jesus who is two miles away. That's what history says. He was two miles away. And they expected that Jesus was going to drop what he was doing and come to that immediate situation. And guess what? He turned to the guys. He said no, and he waited several days. He shows up to the place. Mary and Martha, right now, I mean, I don't know if they got an attitude, they're mad, whatever, but they both say the same thing. They said, if you were here, he would have been healed. But instead, Lazarus has now been put in the tomb completely wrapped up. And Jesus, in the Bible, it says that he wept. I just want you to know, if you've ever gone through anything and thought you were abandoned, that Jesus doesn't abandon us. He helps us get through it, and he stands there with his hand over your shoulder, and he weeps with us. Amen. How many of you thank God for a God that loves you and knows those low moments? Well, he stood in front of that grave, and then he said, move the stone, roll the stone away. And Martha said, no, no, don't roll that stone away. He's been there four days, and it smells. There's no way. And he was like, have you forgotten who you're dealing with here? I am the resurrection and the life. Amen. He that goes to the Father goes through me. Amen. And he said, roll the stone away. Lazarus comes out of the grave with all of his dressings on. And he says, you know, dress him properly. He turns to them. And let me just tell you, you see, we get caught up because we are wanting that healing now. And what Jesus had in store for you was a miracle. You see, he could have healed Lazarus, but what he wanted to do is perform a miracle. You see, Jesus did great works. But he's looking for a people that will stand up, amen, and declare that he is king of kings and lord of lords. He is still on the throne, that he is still capable of healing the sick and bringing the broken together, amen. And I I just want to tell you something this morning, church, is that some of you need a rolling of the stone experience in your life. You've had stones that have kept you in hurt, in bitterness, in unforgiveness. Always making an excuse, I should be doing great in my business, but this. It's time to roll that stone away, amen? It's time to have a miracle in your life, amen? You know, I know it. I feel it in my heart. It started last year. It's rolling into this year, but this year is going to be a new year for a lot of people, amen? And so I just declare a season of rolling out of the stones out of your life, amen? I declare a season of disappointments to be over, amen? That hopelessness will be gone, amen? And I declare a season of instant harvest in your life today, amen? God has been putting that word in my life, and I'm telling you, as God is my witness, it has been nonstop harvest. There was a lot of pain last year. 
You know, we run a ministry that reaches hundreds and literally thousands of men and women in drug addiction, abuse, girls in trafficking. You know, there's a lot of people doing prevention, and I love that. But when they need a place, they send them to Pastor Rosalinda, and we have a home. We feed the hurting. We feed the broken. We're doing all of this type of stuff. You know, the other day, I don't have the time to do a full testimony, but on Easter, I was preaching, and one of my staff weighs me down, and it was somebody that doesn't normally do that, and I knew something was wrong in that moment. And in that moment, she said, I need you to go. Now, that's Easter, the day you need to talk to everybody in your church as a pastor. And I got in that car, and I rushed over to one of our Mercy House homes. And in that home, a young lady didn't make it to church that morning, and it was really unusual. But instead, she shot heroin up because she had been going through so much and could not find her way of escape. An ambulance are there, police are there. They're bringing a body down the steps in a body bag that's half zipped. They cannot revive her. And the only way to get down the stairs is to put her in this body bag and bring her down. And the devil would have wanted to say that she didn't make it. And I followed that ambulance flying, breaking every rule behind her, praying. And when I saw her in the hospital, they were trying everything they could to bring her back. We were in the ICU. And in those moments, you just wonder, where's, where's God, just like Martha and Mary? But instead of an instant healing, he wanted to do a miracle. She's here today. Shelby, I want you to stand up. Amen. Amen. Come on, let's give God the glory. He is so good. He is bigger than any situation that looks impossible. Today, God is using her to pour in the lives of all of these women. She is preaching the gospel. I can't bring her up because she will take over and preach. She said, I got to let people know, amen, that Jesus is Lord. She has a passion for people. So if you've been discouraged, if you wonder why things aren't breaking through, amen, it's because God wants to bring you and center you in his presence, amen. You got to go back to getting on your knees. Can you stand with me today, amen? God has greater things in store. There's still things that he needs people to say yes to. Just this last year, I was in Columbia, and I was singing a song, and I was ministering in a prison that was built for 400, 4,000 men were in that prison. They weren't even inside the jail cells. They were sleeping and laying all over the ground. And I stood in the middle of them, and I began to sing a song in Spanish that God will make a way when there is no way. You know, I, I was in a cave in El Salvador, and the Lord healed a young man that came out completely on the spot he was able to hear. God is still moving in that way. He needs somebody that will speak to the mountain and say, be moved, because your faith is this high, because you don't just do church every week, but you got big faith. And so today, he's calling you. He needs you. There's more work to be done. Amen. There's greater things. And I declare over this church that God will rise up men and women that will declare the gospel of Jesus Christ. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, in the name of Jesus, we just honor you and praise you. And we receive your commandment to go out to do greater things in your name. This morning, with your heads bowed and your eyes closed, 
If that's you and you say, Pastor Rosalinda, man, you just woke something up inside of me. I've been in routine, but I need to be doing more for the Lord. And that's you. I want to pray for you. So right where you are, we're just going to say a word of prayer. I want you to lift up your hand. Just release it to the Lord. And Lord, I just pray that anointing would fall upon them in a new and a great way that they will be so sensitive to the moving of the Holy Spirit. They'll know if it's you and if it's a distraction. And so I come against distractions, diversions in the name of Jesus. And Lord, I declare over this group today, Lord Father, an anointing that will take the gospel of Jesus Christ into places that need to hear it. Lord God, that even our backyard that we fly over so many times to get to a mission field will come to know you as their personal savior. Lord, give them the voice to sing, the words to say, Lord God. And Lord, the strength and freedom to walk in your name. In Jesus' name, we just praise you and we thank you right now. Hallelujah. You love the Lord today. Hallelujah. We just bless his name right now. Hey, I love you guys. Walk in that freedom. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. I'm not going to keep you here any longer. I just want to ignite something in you that tells you stop walking past people and not telling them that Jesus loves you. Amen. God bless you. God bless you, Pastor. Uh, give the Lord a praise for Pastor Rosalinda, please. Stay right here for a minute. Right, come we want to pray for her and bless her as she uh, has poured out. We want to say thank the Lord for it. Father, we thank you for Pastor Rosalinda. We thank you for Pastor being an intentional name. We thank you for the way that she shepherds and the way that she leads. Father, but we also are grateful for the understanding of the things that she goes through in order to have the anointing that is on her life. Father, we pray that you would replenish everything that she has given away. Would you slow her heart down even after what happened yesterday? Father, we are grateful that you are a great protector and a replenisher, Father. Father, would you refresh her and restore her? Uh, would you provide fresh revelation? Would you give her fresh bread, fresh wind, and fresh fire? Father, we thank you for the things that she has not prayed out loud that you will answer. Father, we ask that you would give her strength that she didn't know she had, that you would give her wisdom uh, that she did not know she had, Father, would you give her revelation knowledge that she did not know that she had. Father, we thank you for all that you have done in her, for all that you've invested in her. And so we say thank you for the safety of her travel. We say thank you for the strength and the uh, power of her ministry. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Rosalinda. Let's put our hands together again for a fresh word. And so let's get our Bibles in the air. Again, we know that it's the Word of God that changes life. Let's say it like we mean it. This Bible, this Bible is our primary source of faith. Source of faith. This, Bible this Bible is the rule of our conduct. This Bible, this Bible creates the lens, creates the lens that we see life through now as we leave this place, but never God's presence. Jesus is Lord, period. We believe it, we proclaim it, 
and we're seeing it come to pass. God bless you and have a great week.